and welcome to episode 34 of the Retro Game Time Machine podcast. This week, time travelers, we're having a chat about Quake for the PC and going back to the year 1996. At the time of recording, it is November the 4th, 2021. I am Mash the Newton, and joining me through a series of tubes is my co-host, Andy the Android. Hello. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I um, just finished playing our uh, our game of the of the show <laughs> a little while yeah. ago, so I'm a little bit like I just spent a few hours doing that today. <laughs> so yeah, you kinda... you and I both finished it today, though you you were a little closer to recording than I was. Yeah, yeah, I didn't pace myself as well as I should have, and it took me a little while to decide what I was going to play it on. Um, yeah, so of course we're talking about Quake. Yes, uh, for the PC, uh, but we'll talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, later. and it's it's on it's on way more things as well. But that's that's how I played it. Yeah, yeah, exactly how how it was meant to be played. Not really. That's. <laughs> um, but yeah, things are things are going okay. the The seasons are officially changing. Uh, we're getting some intermittent rain, which yeah, I noticed that. Yeah, we had some we had some crazy rain. I think what was it last time that we recorded or gearing up to it? Mm -hmm. I don't know. We had we had a few inches, and uh, but yeah, we've we've had a couple of days here as well where it's just like a little bit of rain here, a little bit of rain there. It's nice. It's nice to see what rain's like again. Almost forgot what it's like here in California (sighs) with the the drought conditions we've had all year. Yeah, but it was a good way to kick off the rainy season. You know, just start it with a bang. So yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so that was cool. How how have you been doing? Been doing all right. I've uh, been, I don't know. I, I also, usually I'm done with the game sooner than like, you know, evening of recording. But um, as, as I will mention later, I've been playing a lot of other games too. Like <laughs> a ton. Thanks, Game Pass. Jeez. <laughs> too many good games out there to... Mm-hmm to pass over why do you have to be such a good value game pass god yeah (laughs) now where's our money microsoft we're not even getting paid for these ads come on (laughs) yeah i know it's because we like it (laughs) yeah that's all yeah i know things things are good uh trying to think of anything else has been going on i don't know actually i got taken on a nice surprise trip by my partner this past weekend um got taken to a national park as like a surprise for for lunch and a hike, and then got taken uh, somewhere else to look at an art exhibit and had a really nice dinner. I don't know. It was great. Uh, yeah. It was also kind of fun just not knowing where we were going. She was like, hey, do you, like, she's like, I know that I made this a surprise, but do you want to know uh, where we're driving to right now? I was like, no, that's fine. <laughs> you don't need to tell me. I'm like, I was like, you can tell me if you want to, but like, I'm fine being in just like shrouded in mystery this entire time. So you, uh, you were kidnapped and then you quickly developed Stockholm syndrome. <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> that's what I'm hearing right now. We're just and like, Oh, it's okay. This is all just be surprises. <laughs> so, well, that's, that's good. So you had a good time. Yeah, no, it was a great time. It was really nice to get out of the house uh, and be gone <laughs> overnight. So, yeah, it, that hasn't happened a lot in the past year and a half. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, hopefully do some of that more. But, yeah, it was a really great time getting out of the house, seeing seeing other parts of the state, uh, getting some fresh air. 
and seeing some cool art. So yeah, that's really, that's what's been going on. And then I know Halloween passed, didn't really feel like Halloween, even though I did, I did see some people like uh, just kind of out and about around town dressed up that day, had a nice lunch with some friends that day. And then like downtown where I live, there were, there were already like people out bringing their kids trick-or-treating. And then uh, as soon as we were heading back home, that's when the adults started showing up downtown. Um, and it's, it's always, I don't know, it's always really cool to see all the, all the folks get dressed up and it's, there's, it's kind of a big to do, um, even though it wasn't officially put on this year. Uh, I obviously there were a bunch of people like getting together for it. So, yeah, I put out a bowl of candy and I think I, I watched some, some, of, I finished off watching WandaVision and, uh, that's how I celebrated. So that was. Uh, luckily the trick-or-treaters only went through a fourth of the candy that i bought so (laughs) is is that is that a luckily (laughs) uh well you know my sweet tooth is very happy so i've been chowing down on all right then it's luckily yeah exactly so um yeah just indulging a little bit one one other thing that i just like as far as announcements go and um i i swear i won't turn this into a soapbox but uh I switched to to Linux on my like yeah. main PC, so that's a that's been a thing that's been um, and and the reason I wanted to mention this because I know there's a lot of hype around Linux right now, and I really do think that there's going to be sort of at least it's going to be more popular than ever with the Steam Deck coming out, um, at least yeah, using yeah. Linux for gaming definitely. So. I just wanted to say that, hey, um, you know, it, it works. Uh, it has its own sets of challenges and things are not as well documented as things are on Windows, you know, when you look online for, to troubleshoot things. But yeah, I'm figuring it out and I'm able to run my stream on it and things are working great. And But I do just want to say that it's not for the faint of heart. <laughs> if, if you're like, yeah, I'm going to switch to Linux because I hear it's really easy and I won't have to make any changes or and uh, everything's going to be fine. Well, it's it's not. It's definitely a project. So, yes. Um, for anyone curious, I'm running Pop OS. That's um, and that one has been the easiest distro that I've seen so far. Yeah, um, it it looks nice. It's mm-hmm. it's got a nice UI. I saw some of that like App Store looking mm-hmm. thing that it's got. Like yep. it. It's come a long way since I tried to install Red Hat Linux like six forever ago and screwed up my master boot record and then was so mad at myself. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And I've been really surprised that Proton is actually awesome in Steam because I'm playing Sekiro. I played the entirety of Quake um, in this Proton layer and it ran really fast and really smooth. So yeah, I I saw you streaming Sekiro uh, from Linux and... I couldn't tell a difference from yeah. when you were streaming on Windows. So looks yeah. looks like it performs well. Yeah. Yeah, totally. It's, you know, I, I, th- I think it's really cool. I think if you're curious, it's worth trying. If you can do it in a non-permanent way, maybe you have like another hard drive, you can test it out. I think it's really fun. But just just know it does take some doing. I had a week of, of I felt kind of sad all the time <laughs> because <laughs> I was like, things aren't working the way I want them to. Yeah. But, but it gets oh, better. I know every those day. feels <laughs> exactly. So uh, yeah, that, that reminded me of the the week, the first week that I built my current gaming PC, 
where I yes. just having so many problems with just getting Windows to install. <laughs> yes. I'm like, I don't get this. I've installed Windows like thousands of times before. I don't know why I can't get it to work on my new hardware. Uh, anyway, I know it's such a bummer. Yeah. <laughs> it it that's that sounds like uh, PC gaming for you. You know, I yep. I try it once you get all because you're it's it's a brutal you know cycle because you're waiting for all your parts and of course some parts just take like a week longer than oh, all yeah. the rest of the parts and yep. then once you get well, I think them I all, everything but my gpu <laughs> <laughs> yep you really want to just like slap it all together and you know get to gaming once you have all the parts but then the issue set in and like you realize huh i might not be able to do this in one night <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah, yeah. it's Sometimes though, it's, Mm -hmm. it can just go amazingly, but then you don't really trust it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's true. You're like, okay, this was too easy. What's going to break? Yeah. Yep. And it reminds me of Quake and we'll talk about that later. (laughs) (laughs) This is too easy. What's happening? What's going on? Yep. All right. Well, anything else before we get into the news? I don't think so. Let's do the news. All right. Uh, well, first up, a speedrunner beats Ocarina of Time using the Smash Brothers Brawl demo, uh, at least is the title of this article on Polygon. And so this is really interesting. This this, this speedrunner was able to basically uh, on what, like on any percent with glitches run, <laughs> it completed the game in three minutes, 41 seconds. And... It's, it's, you know, they obviously did not play through the entire game. Yeah, yeah that's, that's <laughs> but, true. But they were able to get credits to roll. Um, and, and you actually, will you describe the way that this happened, the way you just did to me a moment ago? Because yeah. You, you told me about it. And I, I know what you were talking about with the Mario yeah. uh, reference, but yes, please. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, and I'm going to just give a little background here first, because this is the, for those unfamiliar, the Super Smash Brothers Brawl has some games on it that are just sort of these little timed demos. And one of the ones is they have a save of Ocarina of Time for, you know, the N64. It's pretty identical to what you can get on the virtual console on the Wii, except there is already a save on here. So there's a save for you to just like, you don't start from the beginning of the game because you wouldn't get very far with the beginning cups cutscene. It's more like you, you'd still be figuring out if you want to write your name in as link yeah. by the time the five minute demo is up. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. If you play like us. Um, and then, uh, so with the save, you've got some equipment, just enough to play around with. And of course, with this demo, you were just intended to, you could go off in different directions of the game, but you know, you wouldn't be able to play any longer than five minutes at a time. So speedrunners have taken that as a challenge to finish the game because uh, the uh, it seems that the whole ROM is actually there, included with credits and everything. So what, what's going on is they're using, because uh, I watched the speedrun myself, um, basically this arbitrary code execution, similar to like Super Mario Brothers World, if you've seen how that game is played, how like the any percent record is for that. They're actually um, programming inputs in RAM based on like very unusual 
movement, <laughs> we'll just say. Yeah. And eventually what the, to execute uh, the arbitrary code execution is they sort of void out in the lost woods. And then it sort of just warps the player to the credits. Uh, I, I think it also has something is very similar or the same thing as SRM in Ocarina of Time, if you want to look that up. And that's just literally programming items into your inventory by, you know, pointing the control stick in certain directions. That's so weird. How yep. do people figure this out, man? Yeah. Uh, I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, uh, they're capturing the code and looking at things that are different. Oh, okay. Or okay. It, like, or at least they're using like modded hardware to like watch the Ram and see what yeah. it does. But yeah, it's like kind of like rotate nine degrees and then like do a backflip, drop a bomb. And <laughs> so like, yeah, how would you even figure this out if you were just playing this on an N64? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you were expecting to see a ton of gameplay, you will actually be disappointed by watching the speed run. It's, yeah. it's a lot of jumping around and uh, what they do, the hyperextended super slider Hess, and they sort of just sort of slide backwards at high speeds to get to different <laughs> areas. It's, is really cool. I watch a lot of Ocarina of Time speed runs, by the way. So nice. um, that's how I'm, I know some of this terminology. Uh, I find it really interesting mostly because we're still learning things about Ocarina of Time, like how to obtain new items in new and exciting ways and how to warp to different areas. So I just can't, I, I mean, I, I don't think you found it as interesting. I'm just, I'm impressed that they just decided to throw the whole ROM on this disc. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just think that, I don't know that, the, just the whole concept of everything that you've just described is just like wild to me. Yeah. That people are like watching what's, you know, using something to watch what's going on being, being written into the RAM and then figuring out a way to exploit that and yeah. then just be like, boom, credits roll. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it, exactly. And, you know, like every cutscene and every warp in Ocarina of Time has like a RAM value, like, I think there's like 18 different cutscenes. So okay. And in some glitches, they they use it to uh just sort of corrupt the RAM so that they can warp to the end of the game quickly. So, which is exactly what this is. <laughs> what That's, that is so. a crazy version of the warp whistle. Yeah. <laughs> the Mario games. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just the whole idea of arbitrary code execution, just using your controller to ma manipulate val values in the code. It's just like, yeah, that's what? <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah. It's like, instead of using a keyboard to reprogram it, you're using your controller. <laughs> so I just found out this next story, unless you have anything on Ocarina no. of Time. No, that's it. I gotta, I gotta beat it someday but not with the ar arbitrary code execution. No, no. <laughs> like actually show. play through it, yeah. <laughs> um, the, this next story, uh, Bloodborne's PS1 demake is real and coming to, and coming early next year, excuse me. So I didn't realize this was a thing. Maybe I saw this online or something, but there is a re-release of, or not a re-release. It's it's sort of I'm gonna call it a demo. It's it's kind of like a tech demo. Yeah. But like a low-tech demo. Yep. I guess. <laughs> yep. Yep. The opposite of what normal tech demos usually are, right? Yeah. So 
so I guess the idea was, let's see what Bloodborne would be like on PS1. And to be clear, it's not actually releasing on a disc or anything for the PlayStation 1. It's going to release on PC. Uh, I didn't see a price. Did you say that it was No, I free? believe it's free. Uh-huh. Because they're they're not making the entire game. Uh-huh. Like uh, I think I think it's like what the first level or like something going into the second level or to the I, second boss. I oh, guess the, the second boss. Is. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. So since they're not making the full thing, I think there was such a positive reception to like I saw something on the internet months ago uh-huh. that looked like it was a mock-up of Bloodborne, as if Bloodborne was made for the PlayStation One. Yep. And I don't know if that was this project actually already being made or if somebody created the screenshot, there was such positive reception and then Sony was just like, hey, let's just make that happen. Yeah. However it's come to be, I think it's really cool. Now, admittedly, I have never played Bloodborne. I've not really played any of the Soulsborne games, like at least not ever giving it a real try like i the the closest i've come is i've like played i don't know like 20 minutes of the first dark souls on the 360 because it was like free with with gold or something and i was like i suck at this and the controls feel like you know i mean this is an over exaggeration but it's like this feels like tank controls from like uh playing resident evil on the ps1 (laughs) yeah it's like it's not quite that bad but like they it just didn't click for me so anyway i bounced off of it real quick this though if it's going to be a free download for pc i definitely want to check this out like i love seeing like the warped textures it's not like you know not as bad as like ps1 release warped textures but like it has i don't know it has that very very distinct PlayStation one graphic style. And I I'm really looking forward to seeing what this looks like and how like it controls. Like, I don't know, it could, it could control terribly. And I'm sure that I would still have like wonderful, like nostalgia glasses. (laughs) Like this wonderful, like this is still really cool type of feeling. Um, even if I don't jive with it just cause like, I don't know. I just, I like seeing stuff like this. Uh Um, I wish, more demakes would be made for current games. Yeah, I could I could definitely go for more of that. Um, although I don't have a lot of nostalgia for the you know original PlayStation, but uh like if you made like an N64 <laughs> demake <laughs> of, of certain games, I, I'd be down for that. Yeah, like a Mario Odyssey demake or something. Ooh, ooh. Um yeah, yeah, or I mean, there was that fan project that uh, Super Mario 64 Land, I think that's what it was called, or it it runs on real hardware. I actually mean to, meant to come back to it, but it's basically like a Mario 3D Land, but on the N64. Nice. Yeah. Well, yeah, actually, that'd be really cool. Mm-hmm. Like Super Mario 3D Land on the 3DS. Yeah, it, it's it's a it's its own fan project, but it it is very much in the style of you that's know, cool. Like the Tanuki suit and everything. Like, oh yeah. man, okay. it, it, it is really cool. Yeah, well, let's check that out. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, Bloodborne demake, free download on PC. Check the trailer out if you guys uh, are interested. It'll be in the show notes. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, yeah, anything else about Bloodborne? I don't think so. All right. Well, I was really excited in the mm. very beginning of this uh, title here. Grand Theft Auto San Andreas is coming to VR, but it's for the Oculus Quest 2. Which is great news for a lot of people that own the Oculus Quest 2. I think that's probably the most common other headset that I've I've heard it of. It is. It's just really irritating for somebody <laughs> who has a Valve Index. Yes. And yeah. Screw you, Facebook. <laughs> Attempted to rename yourself Meta, but you didn't quite pay attention to the fact that there's already a company named Meta. Oh, boy. Anyway. Awkward. Awkward. Yeah. <laughs> so, so this is completely separate from the, uh, like the, what is it? Grand Theft Auto, the trilogy remastered that's coming out. Yeah, confusingly uh, enough, you know. Yeah. So it's it's still going to be coming out. I don't know. When does this come out? Does it say? Uh, nope. That is the remastered collection. I was going to say November 11th, but yeah, I don't know when it's coming to VR. Uh, but yeah, Resident Evil 4 was recently released on the Quest in VR, which also it's a shame it's not on Steam because I'd like to try it. <laughs> yep. Totally. <laughs> Overall, I think the news of this is exciting. I just like VR is already a small enough, like small enough subset of gamers that it doesn't need to be sliced even smaller yeah. to just one of the headsets. Like that's, that sucks. Yeah. I, I, I guess we'll see, you know, some, it, a lot of times it has something to do with, you know, the companies that are paying for these sort of like VR conversions yeah Ho hopefully it's like timed exclusivity yeah but right. we'll see yep. maybe it maybe it won't i know at the same time i wonder like will this be any good <laughs> how will how will san andreas control in, in vr i don't yeah i mean an ideal vr setup would also include like a racing wheel yeah Yes. Oh God. I want that. I want that so bad. One yeah. day, one day. Yeah. I, well, I mean, there, there are mods that exist to do that for GTA five, but yeah. I feel like that that's going to be a real hacky. <laughs> I mean, just the, you know, the idea that there, there, there are uh, racing games that support VR. And yeah. I would just like, like to play a driving game in VR. Just, just slap a gun it. in your hand. <laughs> Red Theft Auto. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. That's true. Yeah. No, dude, racing in VR is fun. Yeah. Um it 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 has caused me a slight amount of motion sickness at first because my body's like, wait, you're not moving. <laughs> I know what it's supposed to feel like when driving a car. Yeah. But yeah, it is it is really cool. I just haven't done it with the race wheel yet. Um, yes, because I don't have one. So yeah, I would I would, but I just don't have the space. So same. Yeah. Same. Um, so yeah, all you quest, all you quest two folks out there, enjoy your GTA San Andreas and let me know how it is. Yeah. <laughs> Bad news. Okay. Maybe in, I, I heard this story, but like in a different inflection. But uh if you haven't gotten a Switch N64 controller yet, you'll have to wait until next year. So uh, but at the same time. 
you know, on, on, on the same token <laughs> rather is that they are going to restock these controllers is, is the story yes. that I heard, which is, which is good. That, yeah, that's, they are. It's good. They're, they're restocking the controllers. It's just bad that it's going to take a little while. Yeah. Well, that's fine. Yeah. Then it'll, it'll just make me hold off longer from doing the uh, N64 or, you know, the, the Nintendo switch online expansion pack stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm just going to hold off longer on that then until I am able to uh, get one of these controllers. I, I really want them to fix Ocarina of Time. It's, I mean, you know, input lag aside, it's just the the game is just not rendering properly on the game on the on the switch. Oh, have so, you tried it out? No, I just seen some comparison screenshots, and gotcha. it doesn't look it doesn't look good. <laughs> it's, okay, yeah, I, I've been hearing pretty mixed things about the actual performance of uh, everything with it. So that's also I'm like, okay, well, I'll play it when I you know when the controller is available, and well, it's not going to be available until next year. Yeah. Well, you know, I guess it's November. Still looking at, you know, two, three months, maybe more until uh, I get my hands on one of those. In the meantime, I can just play my Nintendo 64. <laughs> yeah, same, same. It, exactly. And uh, that's, that's the thing, too. And to be clear, what I'm hearing is that the other games are fine. It's just Ocarina of Time that got botched that has the excessive input lag and poor rendering. Oh, but, well, that sucks. That's yeah. one of the it's one of the great N64 games. Yeah, exactly. But I hear Star Fox, you know, Super Mario 64, that all works great. So well, at least Star Fox is working. Yeah. Yeah, we look fan of that one. So uh and also the Genesis games I hear actually are perfect. <laughs> so I, I would hope so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I should probably be getting the Genesis controller soon. Um yeah. think of it. Yep. So yeah. I'll probably since I'm not signing up for the expansion pack, uh I can just play that. I can just play whatever other Genesis games I can already play on my Switch with it. <laughs> you got that Streets of Rage on there? That could be a, a good one. Yeah, because I think yeah. I have the uh, Genesis Ultimate Collection already. So like, it's totally superfluous to get yeah. the expansion pack for the Genesis stuff yeah. for me. But really, man, it's, it's the prospect of playing four-player, multiplayer, N64 games online. Yeah, that's That's what I find exciting. Um, and I've heard mixed things about that too. So we'll, we'll, we'll give a little more time in the oven. Yeah. And, uh, we'll check on it in a couple months. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Yeah. Extended bake time. <laughs> um, all right. Anything, anything else we got news wise, anything I'm leaving out? I don't, I don't think so. Not that I've heard a little light on news, but that's okay. Yeah, well, I think I think we've been sticking to around four lately because I've I so there's way more gaming news that's out there. Yes. I just figure it's being talked about on other podcasts, and I've thought, you know, let's try to find retro-ish themed things in current news. Yeah, um, keep it keep it relevant to the podcast because I'm sure you know people are already talking about whatever else is going on on. Uh, the other podcasts that I'm sure everyone and you know who listens to us is listening to, because I don't know, I, I'd have a hard time believing we're the only podcast that people listen to. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, then uh, shall we get in that time machine? Yeah, 
All right, let's hop on in. And we have arrived. It is June 26th, the year 1996. And oh my God, I love this song that I'm hearing played on that little radio that follows us through time and space. That's right. The song is The Crossroads by Bone Thugs and Harmony. That was the number one song in the United States today. I love that song also. Oh, and I loved the video too. Um, yeah. Oh, and that's uh, that's finishing up. The, they're playing number number one song in the UK, and that's Killing Me Softly by the Fugees. Also a fantastic song. Yes. Ah, oh, man, what a good day. What a good day around, well, at least two countries of the world. I have no idea about the rest, but hey, uh, June 26, 1996, you got some good songs in these two countries. Um, so other things happening this month. Uh, so here in the month of June, Firaxis Games is formed by Jeff Briggs with Sid Meier and Brian Reynolds. Uh, June the 1st, Tom Holland. You know Tom Holland. The English stage and film actor who was in Billy Elliot, sorry, Billy Elliot and Spider-Man. Well, he was born today. Wow. Well, sorry, not today. Today's the 26th. He was born 25 days ago. He's just, he's just a spring chicken. Wow. To use a really old term that is way older than me. Um, all right. June the 10th, Intel released a 200 megahertz Pentium chip. Wow. That is fast right there, folks. Watch out. Uh, also on June 10th, a variety talk show, the Rosie O'Donnell show hosted by Rosie O'Donnell premiered. Uh, June the 23rd, the Nintendo 64 goes on sale in Japan. Uh, movies released this month include The Cable Guy, Disney's The Hunchback of Notre Dame, The Rock. Oh, man, I love that movie. Uh, Eraser, Independence Day. Also love that movie. Uh, the Nutty Professor and Striptease. Music albums released this month include Reasonable Doubt from Jay-Z, Odelay from Beck, Stakes is High from De La Soul, High Low from Not a Surf, Secrets from Tony Braxton, and Load from Metallica. I'm going to probably get some flack for it, but I still like that album. Yeah. I know it's not the best one, but dang it, I like it. Um, what else? We got top game rentals this month include Super Mario RPG for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System, Triple Play Gold Edition for the Sega Genesis, MLB Pennant Race for the Sony PlayStation and Panzer Dragoon 2 Zwei for the Sega Saturn. Other notable game releases this month include Super Mario 64 and Pilot Wing 64 in Japan and Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3 for the Sega Saturn, Super Nintendo, and Sega Genesis. Uh, so uh, Quake, as mentioned before, released uh, June 26, 1996. Playable on PC... Saturn, PS1, N64, Nintendo Switch, modern uh, PlayStation and Xbox consoles as well. So as far as the history, lead designer and director John Romero later conceived of Quake as an action game taking place in a fully 3D world, inspired by Sega's AM2's, Sega AM2's 3D fighter game, Virtua Fighter. Quake was also intended to feature Virtua Fighter-influenced third-person melee combat, but id Software considered it to be too risky. Because the project was taking too long, the third-person melee 
was eventually dropped. This led to creative differences between Romero and his software, and eventually his departure from the company after Quake was released. Uh, even though he led the project, Romero did not receive any money from Quake. I, I laugh at that because there is, I, I'm reading the book Master of, of Doom, and there's there's a lot of things. Yeah, there, there's a few things that, that directly references Masters of Doom in this yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, and it's not, <laughs> it's funny because that just makes it sound like uh, because Quake did not have third person melee combat. Uh, Romero left its software. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like an oversimplification. Yeah. Anyway, he's like, no. no, we need third person, third person melee combat, or I quit. Yeah. <laughs> um, in 2000, Romero released Die Katana, the game that he envisioned Quake being. And despite its shaky development and being considered one of the worst <laughs> games of all time, I don't think that's true. It's not. Anyway. <laughs> He said that Katana was more fun to make than Quake due to the lack of creative interference. Well, there you go. Oh, man. I got to say, I've never played Dai Katana, but everything I've heard about, that's it. Dai Katana, next episode. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. But no, like Dai Katana, like I've never heard anything good about it. There was so much hype for that game. Yeah. So the fact that he's like, damn it. I'm going to go and we're going to is what I wanted Quake to be. Well, I'm really glad that it wasn't. Yes. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. So in December, or sorry, in a December 1st, 1994 post to an online bulletin board, John Romero wrote, okay, people, it seems that everyone is speculating on whether Quake is going to be a slow RPG style light action game. Wrong. What does it do best and dominate at? Can you say action? I knew you could. Quake will be constant, hectic action throughout, probably more so than Doom. Yes. <laughs> Speaking of, of rifts between the company, <laughs> the, these sort of announcements did cause lots of problems. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Quake was programmed by John Carmack, Michael Abrash, and John Cash. The levels and scenarios were designed by American McGee, Sandy Peterson, John Romero, Tim Willits, and graphics were designed by Adrian Carmack, Kevin Cloud, and Paul Steed. Cloud created the monster and player graphics using Alias. You can definitely tell that there's been a lot of research and stuff like Masters of Doom because there's so much. <laughs> yeah. There is so much about this game online yeah. as opposed to, again, games like uh, Monster Truck Madness 64. If you look on the internet, it practically doesn't exist. That's right. But we yeah. played it. It exists. Um, let's see. The game engine developed for Quake, the Quake engine, aptly named, popularized several major advances in the first-person shooter genre. Polygonal models instead of pre-rendered sprites, the full 3D level design instead of a 2.5D map, pre-rendered light maps, and allowing end users to partially program the game in this case with Quake C, which popularized fan-created modifications or mods. Before the release of the full game or the shareware version of Quake, id Software released Q-Test on February 24th, 1996. It was described as a technology demo and was limited to three multiplayer maps. There was no single player support and some of the gameplay graphics were unfinished or different from their final versions. 
Qtest gave gamers their first peek into the file system and modifiability of the Quake engine and many entity mods that place monsters in otherwise empty multiplayer maps. And custom skins, custom player skins began appearing online before the full game was even released. <laughs> Initially, the game was designed so that when the player ran out of ammunition, the player character would hit em- em- enemies with a gun butt. Shortly before release, this was replaced with an axe. The release of Quake marks the end of the classic lineup at id Software. Due to conflicts with the game design and ideas, animosity grew during development that that majority of the staff resigned from id after the game's release, including Romero, Abrash, Sean Green, Jay Wilbur, Peterson, and Mike Wilson. Peterson revealed in July 2021 that the lack of the team of a team leader was the cause of it all. In fact, he volunteered to take lead as he had five years experience as project manager in micro pros, but he was turned down by Carmack. Um, as, far, as far as the reception of Quake, according to David Kushner in Masters of Doom, id Software released a retail shareware version of Quake before the game's full retail distribution by GT Interactive. These shareware copies could be converted into complete versions through passwords purchased via phone. However, Kushner wrote that gamers wasted no time hacking the shareware to unlock the full version of the game for free. This problem, combined with the scale of operation, led id Software to cancel the plan. As a result, the company was left with 150,000 unsold shareware copies in storage. The, the venture damaged Quake's initial sales and caused its retail push by GT Interactive to miss the holiday shopping season. Following the game's full release, Kushner remarked that its early sales were good with 250,000 thousand units shipped, but not a phenomenon like Doom 2. In the United States, Quake placed sixth on PC Data's monthly computer game sales charts for November and December 1996. Its shareware edition was the sixth best-selling computer game of 1996 overall, while its retail skew claimed 20th place. The shareware version sold over 393,000 copies and grossed 3 million well, over $3 million in the United States during 1996. It remained in PC Data's monthly top 10 from January to April of 1997, but was absent by May. During its first 12 months, Quake sold uh, 373,000 retail copies and earned $18 million in the United States, according to PC Data. Its final retail sales for 1997 were over 273,000 copies, which made it uh, the country's 16th highest computer game seller for the year. Sales of Quake reached 550,000 units in the United States alone by December of 99. In 1997, it estimated that there may be as many as 5 million copies of Quake circulating. <laughs> the game sold over 1.4 million copies by December of 1997. Uh, Quake was critically acclaimed on the PC. Aggregating review websites, game rankings, and Metacritic gave the original PC version 93% and a 94 out of 100, respectively. And the Nintendo 64 port, a 76 and a 74 out of 100. A next-generation critic lauded the game's realistic 3D physics and genuinely unnerving sound effects. GamePro said that Quake had been overhyped, but is excellent nonetheless, particularly its usage of advanced 3D engine. The review also praised the sound effects, atmospheric music and graphics, 
though it criticized that the polygons used to construct the enemies are too obvious at close range. Less than a month after Quake was released, and a month before they actually reviewed the game, Next Generation listed it as number nine on their top 100 games of all time. So, <laughs> so it, a month before they reviewed it, yes. put it as number nine. <laughs> Saying that it is similar to Doom, but supports a maximum of eight players instead of four. Oh, it's easily twice as good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In 1996, Computer Gaming World declared Quake the 36th best computer game ever released and listed Telefragged as number one on its list of the 15 best ways to die in computer gaming. In 1997, the Game Developers Choice Awards gave Quake the three spotlight awards for best sound effects, best music or soundtrack, and best online slash internet game. Uh, I'm going to, so wait. By telefragged, I think they're meaning playing online deathmatch. I, I think That's so. my guess. Yeah. All right. Telefragged. <laughs> I missed out on that. Yep. Um, all right. As far as the, the overview of the game, in the single player game, the player takes the role of an unnamed protagonist called Ranger uh, in later games, voiced by Trent Reznor, who was sent into a portal in order to stop an enemy code named Quake. The government had been experimenting with teleportation technology and developed a working prototype called the Slipgate. The mysterious Quake compromised the Slipgate by connecting it with its own teleportation system, uh, using it to send death squads to the, to the human dimension in order to test the, the martial capabilities of humanity. Uh, the sole surviving protagonist in Operation Counter-Strike is Ranger, who must advance starting each of the four episodes from an overrun human military base before fighting his way into other dimensions, reaching them via the Slipgate or their other world equivalent. After passing through the Slipgate, Ranger's main objective is to collect the four magic runes from four dimensions of Quake. These are the key to stopping the enemy and ending the invasion of Earth. I laugh a little bit there because I'm already seeing the similarities to Half-Life and the story. <laughs> Interesting. I didn't even, I, I didn't really think of that. I, but it's, but I think it's because I didn't really pay attention to the text that was like the one screen of text. It's like you just played the game for an hour and beat a bunch of levels. Here's a screen of text before you go and play the next chunk of levels. Yeah. It, never, of, it didn't really cement itself in my mind. Most of it kind of sounded like Dungeons and Dragons lore stuff, which is kind of interesting. I it didn't, it didn't read very well, I guess is what my, yeah. my point is there and was meant to sort of, you know, a stand in for like story or cutscenes or whatever, but just the idea of like military operation opens a warp gate to another dimension and lots of, you know, enemies fly out of this thing. <laughs> so yeah, actually, yeah. yeah. And then there's also a big weird final boss thingy. Anyway. Yes. Yeah. I'll, I'll call them out as we're going, but yeah. Um, yeah. I, this was the first time that I've ever played quake like at all. And I've actually seen very little of the game. I was watching a streamer on Twitch play a little bit recently and uh, it was kind of cool to be like, oh, this is that part <laughs> that I saw that was in the final episode uh, that we were that we were at or that I was watching. So uh, it was really cool to experience it. Now, 
I guess we should also disclose like, you know, we played the original, you know, four episodes of the release, but the, there's a couple expansions for Quake that we did not play. Yeah. Just so, just the vanilla release of what came out, you know, if you actually upgraded your shareware version to the yeah. full release. <laughs> yeah. That's that's what we played through. Yeah. Uh I think so. I I call that Half-Life, but when I when I first jumped into the game, I'm like, oh, this is Doom, but it controls like way more like a modern game. Uh like just the idea that you can pan up and down <laughs> rather than just left and right in, in Doom. So but then then the Half-Life started to sink in and literally down to uh if you're not familiar, you know, Half-Life was developed by a heavily modified version of the Quake engine. Yeah. So, but I was hearing sound effects and, and other things, which I'll talk about when we get to enemies that really, really reminded me of Half-Life. So I thought it was a weird, like, I feel like I've played this before. This feels familiar. Yeah. I, I definitely in, in playing this, uh, some of the gameplay, Definitely, definitely early on. It's funny that you and I have this kind of flipped where early on in the game, I got stronger Half-Life vibes. The further I got into the game, I'm like, this is just doom. (laughs) (laughs) But like, not, not in a bad way saying this is just doom, but like, I I felt like the further I got into it, the more doom like it became and the further away it went from Half-Life but I think I think there's like specific, I think there's different specific things that you and I have in our brain, like that stand out about both of those games that exist in this game. But like, yeah, we're just grabbing on to like our own pieces of what triggers the memories of like Doom and Half-Life. But it definitely, it, it definitely has Doom and Half Life DNA for sure. Yeah, Quake. yeah. Um, which is not a bad thing to have at all. That is a that is a strong pedigree, and it is funny to say that it has elements of Half Life in it, knowing that this game came out before Half Life. <laughs> but it, but it is because it's the same engine. It's just like a way faster Half Life. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of DNA and we can get more into, to like what you thought of it as well, but there's this thing that I feel like graphically it's about like on the same page as Minecraft also. So like, you know, in, in some respects, you know, of course, you know, the enemies are, or, uh, but like, if you just look at the levels and the tile set, you're like, you could make this in Minecraft. Yeah. And again, for reference for everybody, we, we did play the quake remastered version. So it is going to be a bit sharper and definitely look more like graphically close to something like Minecraft than I'm sure whatever the original release looked like. Um, but anyway, just wanted to say that. Yeah. At the same time, like, I feel like if someone like a hundred years from now were to go back and look at these two games, you might say that, oh, Minecraft and Quake came out at the same time. Uh, yeah. like, <laughs> you know, just, just, it, I, I feel like it's that perfect because like, if you look at Minecraft and you're like, oh, this is, you know, like, this looks pretty primitive, but it's not like PlayStation one primitive or super Nintendo primitive. There's a, a very specific, this is the first game where I'm like, this is like Minecraft <laughs> anyway. Um, what 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 did you think of the game? 
So, I mean, overall, I, I really enjoyed the game. It was so cool to see the first versions of some of the weapons that I know and love from Quake 3 Arena. Because Quake 3 Arena was actually my first Quake game, you know, the multiplayer-focused one. And it's it's because I got to try out, like, the this multiplayer demo that they had. And it was amazing. It was, like, one map, and I think I think you could have, like, I don't know, like 50 players or something on it, like something obscene for the time. And I remember playing the demo on my PC, but then I bought Quake 3 Arena as one of my first games on my uh, on my Dreamcast and like played the full version of Quake 3 Arena online on my on my Dreamcast. Like uh, that's how I played the heck out of that game. But yeah, so it, it was it was nice to go back and see like the rocket launcher and the lightning gun the grenade launcher so like and and it's funny like how how the those sounds have carried forward into into the quake series and like playing quake champions like i played a little bit of this multiplayer as well like it's really just a very low low resolution (laughs) slightly like less weapons and less variety in your character models but it's the same game as quake champions like i think that it's i think that it's incredible that they just like nailed the feeling of what was going to be carried forward into every like quake game after that i think with the exception of quake 4 cuz i did play that oh <laughs> not quite the same um that was my first single player quake game was quake 4 um anyway or can, like campaign, which Quake Four very different from Quake. I mean, it's it's the same type of departure from like in the Doom series. I would say from like you have Doom One and Two, and then you got Three, which is way different. Yeah, um, right. That same type of thing happened with Quake Four. Um, it was still fun though. But yeah, so overall, like I, I know that it, I've compared it to Doom, which is kind of obvious. I, in some ways, feel like Doom holds up a bit better, uh, with the exception of the, uh, man, I really hated the, the like, puzzly things that you had to do with the bio suit in Doom. That yeah. still exists in Quake, but it is way not as annoying as it is in Doom. Um, yeah. So, even though I feel like overall the gameplay and the shooting mechanics those do genuinely feel better in Quake than Doom. The thing that gets me about Doom over Quake is, uh, I think, just like the atmosphere. Doom is just creepier. Oh, okay. It's more unsettling. The music is better, in my opinion. And just like the sounds of the enemies are also more unsettling. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, I I I could totally I I totally see that. And I, I can see a little bit more clearly now why uh you like Zoom, I think, a little bit more. To me, I think I like Quake. I think it holds up a little bit better because there's a lot more verticality in the maps, you know, where yeah. Is Doom, you kind of felt like you you got like a couple, maybe a level above, but you didn't really get very high up as you would in yeah. this game. Uh, I think the maps are a little bit more compact and a little bit more quality, a little more 
thought out about how the player will journey yeah, through these maps. I, I, and, and yeah, I, I would agree with that. Whereas like kind of doom, it, it, I kind of feel like you're, you're kind of just poking in different directions and then backtracking the way back for the most part. But uh, yeah, really, really cool. I mean, we're probably talking about this in maps a little bit, but I really liked how the levels sort of, they give you these shortcuts back to the beginning. Like they sort of puts you in these loops. Yeah. Uh, so it becomes a lot easier to navigate the level instead of a linear path that you're following. Yeah. It's funny, actually, like if you, if you purely were to compare doom and quake, just from like gameplay mechanic standpoint, quake yeah. wins hands down. Yeah. It's, it's just the rest of the package that like, that I find more compelling in doom, even uh, though it technically in, in, I don't know, it's like I said, in the gameplay mechanic wise, it's not as good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know for, for maybe, maybe it's some weird level of nostalgia, even though I didn't really play through doom until we did it for the show. Um, maybe it's very recent nostalgia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> Yeah, so why don't we talk about some of the the different things here? So, uh, music wise, if I'm not mistaken, the music and just like the the ambient sounds and whatnot are from Trent Reznor, right? Yeah, as um, the uh, Nine Inch Nails front man, Trent Reznor. Yes. Which I, I think I heard some rumblings or something that Trent Reznor had reached out to ID and demanded that they do the soundtrack. That's how that like got going and you can hear it. You can definitely hear it when you're listening to the music. You're like, Oh yeah, that does sound like something from nine inch nails. Although it's more of an ambient track, not yeah, like a full exactly. on song, you know, it's more like ambient noise. That's which, which I enjoyed. I, I thought it was creepy, uh, but didn't really creep me out, but I did. I think it lent to the atmosphere for sure. Yeah. It, it definitely did a good job of that. But like thinking back, I can't think uh, like I can't imagine in my mind what the soundtrack in Quake sounds like where there's a few very specific tracks that I can think back to like for Doom. Yes, and of I'm course. Sorry to everyone that I'm directly <laughs> comparing it to Doom, but it's it is, you know, it's another id game. It's I mean, heck, John Carmack even in his 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 message board post was like yeah we do games like this you know doom yeah. so sorry for the direct comparison and not leaving it on its own but it um yeah the, the i agree the soundtrack is good it it does add to just the the ambiance of the game but like yeah there's no real like music or i'm like yeah that track is awesome <laughs> Yeah, that's it's true. It, though I I do recall that when you're in the military base that there is a different track that sort of plays compared to when you're in the other world or the ender world. So I, I can recognize that when I hear it, but I you know, I can't play it back in my head. Yeah. <laughs> so So yeah, kind of an interesting one uh there. So should we talk about maybe some of the, the levels or the maps and yeah, so it kind of alluded to earlier. Uh, so there are like 38 levels I can uh, spread across this sort of four episodes. And I don't know if they divide evenly <laughs> necessarily. Yeah. And uh, not, not completely. Yeah. 
they're pretty close. Yeah, they're they're fairly close. The the first collection of them, episode one, is Dimension of the Doomed. Yeah. And uh, the levels in that are the Slipgate Complex, the Castle of the Damned, the Necropolis, the Grizzly Grotto, uh, Ziggurat Vertigo, which is a secret level, Gloom Keep, the door to Chathan, maybe? Yep. And then uh, the House of Chthon, <laughs> which is the <laughs> boss fight. Um, yeah. I didn't realize that that's the boss's name. Where, yeah, I really enjoyed... I don't know. Uh, actually, I'm not going to talk about the boss yet. So, uh, so yeah, those are, those are the first set of levels. There was there anything that like stuck out to you from from those? Let's see, one, two, three. I guess eight levels there. If you include the secret one, uh, not in particular. No, uh, there was a secret level. Let's see. I because I might have found it. I I can't remember though exactly. Uh, looking at it, I just clicked on a link and it's showing a little screenshot. I did not see that particular level myself. Okay. Yeah, that doesn't look familiar. Uh, not, not in particular. I, I guess it, I, I would have to say, I do like how the episodes are sort of structured that you start off in the military encampment, your weapons are set to zero. So they, they kind of allow you to sort of ease back into it. Every time, you know, you start with easier enemies and they sort of just slowly crank up the difficulty or they play with the difficulty by you giving you like stronger enemies to fight with weaker weapons, things like that. Yeah. And having to sort of find the secrets as you go. And, you know, some weapons, if you're careful, you know, there are some enemies that you could benefit from having the rocket launcher with, which we'll talk about it in a little bit about like sort of the rock, paper, scissors that we're dealing with, but the rocket, paper, scissors, the rocket, paper, scissors. (laughs) Yes. That's the game. Um, anyway, so I, I know that I was struggling with an area, but when I explored a little bit more, I was able to find the grenade launcher, which allowed me to pass through that area much easier. Yeah. For example, but we can go through the episode. (laughs) Sorry. I just went high level on that. No, you're good. Uh, um, so the second episode is the realm of black magic. Uh, and there are seven levels in that. If you include the secret level, uh, yeah. we've got the installation, the ogre citadel, the crypt of decay. Uh, the secret level is called the underneath. Uh, no, sorry. Wait. Uh, the under earth, not underneath, uh, the ebon fortress, the wizards manse and the dismal obliette. Um, which is a boss fight. And let's see. So it's a dimension of dark and decaying castles, crypts, and mansions. Um, And it is a medieval theme, which is kind of cool. But at the same time, like, I, why are there like evil looking knights swinging swords that shoot crap at me? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah and and they're in all the episodes right it's not just yeah. like so yeah i really liked how each world sort of had a theme that was going for it i remember the realm of black magic sticking out a little bit to me as, as far as its style goes because yeah it was definitely getting a little bit weirder and a little more creative with the design at this point there aren't any that stuck out to me as 
you know, particularly annoying or anything to play. Like I think the first two worlds, I felt like I, I got through. Okay. No yeah. real issue. Yeah. The, the only thing that like would come up and it's, it's not specific to any particular episode. It's just kind of throughout like, just getting surprised by like, ooh, I'm going to go, oh, I touched the ammo box and then walls opened <sighs> and there's enemies that killed me immediately. Yes. Or yeah, like, I'm going to go run got... and get that health and like, oh my God, I'm so upset I touched that health and like unleashed like five enemies on me. Yeah, the, the game's got traps and... Oh, yeah. I was a little annoyed. We'll talk about maybe in the later levels that some of the traps seem a little bit more consequential. Uh, oh whereas God. like basically like dropping you into pits of poisonous water or <laughs> lava. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. There, well, and it's funny, there were certain things like even switches in some uh -huh. of the later areas where I'm like, what's that switch going to do? It yeah. looks like there's a trap door underneath it. So there were a couple of times I was able to like jump and slide against a wall to touch one of the buttons, but then not fall into the trap that it was trying to set for me. <laughs> I, I just happened to open a video of uh, one of these maps and uh, the the dismal of Ubelet. <laughs> Basically, it, it, I really liked this one because this is the one that sort of had this like L-shaped bridge with four chambers. And oh, yeah. Yeah. And you go through each chamber. Basically, it moves the bridge like over one. Yeah. And then you can cross to the new area and then you do it again. I just I thought this stuff was really cool. <laughs> I just I liked it a lot. <laughs> yeah. Like there, there really were some like cool ways that they i don't know kind of made some of the the maps feel bigger than they were yeah um and that was definitely one of the the effective ways to do that yeah i i did get a little tired of the formula where it's basically okay y-shaped path you have to go down one path to unlock a door then you have to go back to the other yeah. side of the y to to get through but it I felt like a lot of it starts to get creative and you have like, I don't know, like cursive G's like yeah. sort of <laughs> types of paths that start to open it, which, which is fun, but yeah. Um, <clears throat> let's see for episode three, that was the nether world. And in the, the nether world, the levels were termination central, the vaults of Zin, the tomb of terror, Satan's dark delight, the haunted halls, the wind tunnels and chambers of torment. These are slightly less funny level titles than like zombies ate my neighbors. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Like fish and crips. Yeah. <laughs> Decidedly uh, less fun. Uh, this is the, where the worlds I think started to get a little bit more difficult for me. Uh, yes, this also like visually is more what I like comes to mind when I think of like when I think back to even like Quake Three. Yeah. Um. For, well, and it's funny. I think I also think of Unreal Tournament, which is yeah. obviously a different game. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I don't know. I get more of a a later Quake vibe from this world, or at least starting with this world. There 
a couple of the later levels in here, like the wind tunnels. I thought that was really fun. Yeah, that was actually a really cool design. These sort of like giant pneumatic tubes that you jump through and it sucks you through. And I'm surprised they didn't utilize that more throughout the game because maybe it was a late development thing or something like that. But yeah, maybe, but it was fun. Because I only saw one other level that used a pneumatic tube. So, and it was just one. <laughs> so yeah, it was kind of fun because there was like three tubes and you had to go to different parts of the level. You go to a different part, unlock one tube, and then you can go up there. And then that tube gets you to a switch that unlocks the second tube and then so on for the third tube. That's that's the series of tubes that we use to be yeah. able to record this show. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. That's, true. <laughs> that's how the internet works. Yeah. It's, a, it's those tubes from Quake. But I also remember Chambers of Torment as being one of the harder levels. Like that was the first, I think, really big difficult spike for me in the game where it started to feel like I was like slogging through the game a little bit. Uh, and it, my measure really is how many times I had to save to get through the level. Oh, yeah. So like further, the further I went in, I'm like, okay, killed like three guys, save. Yes. <laughs> Go and like, oh, no, but I just lost half of my health to one guy. Reload. Yeah. Let's go do this again. <laughs> yes. Which I appreciate, you know, them having a save system because the first time I died and I saw it brought me back to the beginning of the level, I was kind of like, oh no. And then I realized, oh, this has, this definitely has. Yeah. A quick save button would have been nice, but I it it's it's probably there. I just didn't yeah. I, I think it. it's I think it's there in the PC version. Yeah. I also didn't use it. And speaking of saves, quickly, it really did bug me that there's no timestamps on your save. Oh. So yeah. if you don't remember the name of the level that you're in, <laughs> like wait, which one of these slots that I just save in? I don't yes. remember. So it does tell you how many enemies you've killed. So that sort of like, you can at least tell that on this map, which one's the later save. But True. what I did is I just had like eight saves that I just kind of went down the list every time and rewrote. And that way I, I kind of had a way to track. I started doing that, but then I started like saving in different places and that's what messed me up i was like yes. why did i do this why did i break my system <laughs> there you go because i was just like there's there's gonna be a date and time stamp and then when i had to go back and load again and i was like oh there isn't whoops yeah so yeah the wind tunnels i think was definitely my favorite because it's really the it's the one that stands out from episode three without having to go look at screenshots of the other ones mm -hmm. anything else from episode three it stands out to you? Uh, no, not in, not in particular. Uh, I, I I would talk about enemies that are sort of introduced, but we'll get we'll get into that later. All right. Well, then for episode four, the Elder World, uh, the levels here are the Sewage System, <laughs> the Tower of Despair, the Elder God Shrine, the Palace of Hate. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Hell's Atrium, the Nameless City, which was the secret level. Uh, the pain, the pain maze, and azure agony. Um, uh, I hate the city. The the what was oh, it? Oh, the pain maze. I remember this one. Yeah, uh, it was aptly named. Actually, yeah. for sure. Um, yeah, but yeah, I definitely got stuck. Like I definitely got lost there for a little while. I, I missed up my joke, but I really hated the palace of hate. That was. 
those one of those levels where I'm like, oh, I had to save like 10 times to get through this this map. So yeah. Yeah. That one. Yeah, these these levels especially were the ones where I'm like, ooh, I have the rocket launcher. Ooh, I accidentally killed myself because I shot that enemy two feet from me. Yes, correct. So man, I love the rocket launcher so much, but it's I'm also my own worst enemy with it. And like um so episode four, you really start seeing the quad damages. Like yeah. they're all over the place. Yes. And they're beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> as long as you don't use the rocket launcher at your feet and quad damage, splash damage yourself. Uh yes. Okay. That was that was my problem. Like, yeah. oh whoops, I shot that guy in the face way too close and now I'm dead too. Yeah, that that totally makes sense. Actually, now we were talking about this earlier, but it didn't sink into me. You're like, you're like, what do you mean the quad damage? You killed yourself a lot. Yeah, yeah, man. That's that rocket launcher. I'm I'm too rocket launcher happy. Yeah, I didn't realize that the self friendly fire would also be quad damage. So quad damage. Yeah, it's uh, it's really good uh, because it can really just you know any of your weapons will just melt all of the enemies, which is, which is great. So I like to experiment with some of the weaker weapons using quad damage, like, like the shotgun, but yeah, you know, if I was smarter, I just would have been rolling around with the shotgun when I had quad damage. Cause then I couldn't have hurt myself. Yeah. But I'm like, Oh, well, and like an explosion already does a good amount of damage. (laughs) I wanted to do four times that amount of damage because of course, (laughs) Blow them up with four times the amount of damage. Yes, please. Yeah. Because it's so funny to send one rocket and like blow up a whole squad when you've got quad damage. Yes. But again, you shoot a little bit too close to yourself. You're doing the same thing to yourself. (laughs) But pain maze, like really, that was the first time where I had to like realize that I cannot kill all of these enemies, I don't think I'm supposed to because but they give you that counter and it's, and it makes you want to kill them all. Yeah, it's, it's true, but yeah, we'll get a little bit. And when we talk about enemies, I'll talk about specifics there, but it was kind of like, there were scenarios where I'm like, I just have to run. That's the only thing I can do in this. Scenario. No, that's true. So. Like, yeah, certain, certain points. I'm like, Nope, just going to avoid all of you. Yeah. I gotta say though, some of those, some of those enemies, and once I know its name, because I can't remember what it's called, and when we talk about the enemies, I'll point it out. There's one that chases you for a while. Yeah. Like, yes. There, there is one that is persistent. And I really <laughs> thought I left him behind. Nope. He found me. He wouldn't let me go. Yeah. And it was, it was spooky. You know, some of these dark levels, you know, like where you can't really see the enemy, but you're trying to circle strafe and dodge. And yeah, I mean, this really even more so than doom, it feels like is circle strafe the game. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. But also like, I love that. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. So aside from pain maze, any, any, uh, anything stick out from the fourth episode? Yeah. Um, not, not really. I, I think I really did like uh, Azure Agony. I, I think it was a good map. It just, that again, it was, uh, <laughs> they, they, they were really trying to pull out all the stops you could tell at that point. So 
Yeah, I I did uh, actually also enjoy Hell's Atrium. Yeah, episode four as well. Yes. Um, I feel like it was a bit of a different type of design than a lot of the other levels surrounding it for some reason. Like it, it felt more compact, I guess, but like, I don't know. I don't know a good way to describe it right now. Yeah. Um, but it, it also was like pretty straightforward to get to the exit. But I think this was actually the first one also that I saw, like when I first got to the exit, it was like, are you sure you want to do that? <laughs> leaving something really important behind. Yep. And I'm like, what, what is so important? And then I go around and like, it was probably a weapon that I yeah, picked up. Sure. That was like, like a weapon that I already had. Cause I think it was like the rocket launcher or something. Wait, did I already huh. have that? Anyway, but that comes up again, I think on, uh, what was the one we were just talking about? Uh, the pain maze. So the pain maze, I also, the first time around, like towards the end of the level, neglected to grab that rocket launcher right there. Oh. And like ended up going going off and going to the end and it came up again and it was like, hey, are you sure you want to, you sure you want to leave? You're leaving something important behind. Oh. And then I went back and I grabbed it. And then that's when like, because I went back and I was running around and I'm like, what is so important that I'm leaving behind? Like, I got all the keys. I got the everything that I needed. Like, is there like, is there some artifact that I need to take forward to like do the boss fight later? It's like, no. I ended up actually searching for it online later. And they're like, oh, yeah, it'll just come up and say that, like, if you haven't picked up certain weapons. So, oh, interesting. Yeah. I've never had, I never had that pop up. Like, oh, well, like, you grabbed everything then. You grabbed everything in sight. Whereas I was just like, like, nope, there's bad guys. Keep running. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, I definitely remember in some of those later levels. I think, I think it was Azure Agony. I just like ran for the exit and there was like enemies chasing me out. I'm like, nope, <laughs> nope, nope. <laughs> I need to go. So uh, no, Azure Agony had the two vores at the end. So we'll, we'll talk about enemies next. <laughs> or and- uh rather well, we'll talk about items anyway yeah and then it's actually yeah our our final level which is the boss fight we'll come yeah. and talk about that later yeah okay. so let's see items and weapons so weapons in general we've got uh the axe which it's funny to hear that that was just added at the end and also it's it it feels wimpy to use yeah i don't think it was I, I never opted to use it almost. No, I, mean, I feel like it would have been better if left as the butt of the gun for the amount of damage that it inflicts or yeah. like at least the the animation for it. I'm like, this just doesn't look effective. Like the the crowbar in Half-Life seems way more deadly. Yes, correct. Yeah, and, and not that the crowbar is super strong, but it was... <laughs> hey, it does 25 HP, damn, like 25 HP every single hit. Yeah, and you can spam it way faster, basically. So oh, yeah. It, that's the that's where it's deadly. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we got the axe, a standard shotgun, a double barrel shotgun, a nail gun, and a super nail gun. Or the rather, a nine-inch nail gun. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> yes. Well, and it's it's so cool seeing the nine-inch nails logo on, uh, on all of the boxes for the nail gun, like the, the ammo boxes for the nail gun. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, and we've so we've also got the grenade launcher, the rocket launcher, and then lastly the thunderbolt, which I just call the lightning gun. 
And uh, so out of these, any, any ones that you love, any ones that you hate? I mean, I really, really, I mean, the rocket launcher is a good rocket launcher. Let's just say that it's, it's, it's awesome. They satisfying. It's very satisfying. It, it, it aims true. Uh, however, I think the super nail gun is like my favorite gun, but you it's have, a good gun. It's the one you have to preserve the ammo for though, because yeah. if, if you just used it, it the, I think the, one of the only reasons you would use just the normal nail gun over the super nail gun is just, it doesn't go through as ammo as quickly. Yeah. So, but it is like, you know, the super nail gun is probably two thirds as powerful as the super nail gun. I would say, <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, the, the super nail gun just burns ammo quick. Yeah. And the grenade launcher is very situational, uh, which I'll talk about with some enemies there, but the yeah. grenade launcher did come in handy. There were, but really once I got the rocket launcher, I kind of stuck with that, um, seeing that yeah. they use the same ammo, which is yes. cool. Yeah, and I mean, like there, there definitely are specific enemies that you have an advantage using the grenade launcher over the rocket launcher, but you're also at a disadvantage with a good number of enemies using yes. that as opposed to the rocket launcher. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'd say my favorite was, uh, was the rocket launcher, like hands down. That was my favorite weapon in the game. Yeah. It's what I always gravitated to. And it's what I always killed myself with, <laughs> but also actually speaking of killing myself with a weapon. Um, so aside from the grenade launcher and the rocket launcher, you might think it's impossible to kill yourself with any other weapon. Nay, you can <laughs> definitely kill yourself with a thunderbolt. Now you might ask, how would you do that? Well, if you're in water and you try to use it at all, you're instantly dead. And yeah. so is everything in the water. And I just find that to be hilarious. I, I think it's wonderful. I, I found out by accident, because um, I think I just like ran over and quickly picked it up. And maybe this was even in multiplayer or something um, the first time I discovered this. Because I'm thinking, like, when would I quickly pick it up in the single player game and then all of a sudden be underwater? Yeah. Um, so anyway, all of a sudden underwater, go to fire at something in the water and I'm just dead. And I think at first I'm like, did the game just glitch? <laughs> and then I realized, no, you idiot. You tried to use an electric based, like a battery powered arcing lightning gun while submerged in water. Of course you're dead. So I think that's a nice touch. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think so. It makes sense. It makes sense. It does make sense. It just didn't at first. Cause I didn't assume that they would like, I don't know follow common sense. <laughs> you know, I, I do appreciate since there aren't really any other traditional weapons in the game that the shotgun and double barrel shotgun actually work great at range. So yeah. Yeah. The double barrel shotgun actually does pretty, that does pretty decent damage at range. Yeah. So I thought that was, I, you know, I definitely had to resort to that shooting enemies from very far away. So often, ones. man, yeah. Soon, run out of the, run out of those rockets, run out of those nails. Yep out of battery power a long time ago just <laughs> yes. down down to my shotgun yeah exactly um the thunderbolt also is another you know weapon that reminds me of half-life that gun that you get at the very end that yes shoots, i forgot is, what, is it it's either i can't remember if it's the goss or the glue on 
Yeah, probably uh, the glue glass. on gun. Glue on I gun. Think. Yes, that's... the one that's just a beam on like the back. It's 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 like the Ghostbusters, basically. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's that's the that's a, what it reminds me of. So I thought that yeah. was uh, interesting. That's funny. I didn't I didn't connect that. <laughs> yeah, you know, runs through ammo quickly, but is very very powerful. <laughs> oh yeah, just cut people down fast. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so those are the, the weapons for the power-ups and, or items. Uh, we of course have health packs in the 15 25 or 100 health variety. Uh, we've got green, yellow, and red armor. That red armor is 200 armor. So good. I think, I think green's 50 and yellow is a hundred. Um, and then we have the quad damage as mentioned before. We also have the bio suit, which we're kind of thrown out there. There's the Ring of Shadows, which it's basically it's basically just like putting on the ring when you're going to Mordor and you get all <laughs> like invisible and crap. I didn't make that connection. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. So there's that. And then last but not least, the Pentagram of Protection. And that's basically like 30 seconds of God mode. Yeah. And you get 666 armor that doesn't tick off like it because you have God mode. But I just I love that it gives you 666 armor to protect you. It seems like a nice touch. (laughs) Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's good stuff. But yeah, so there's there's not, you know, there's not a ton of weapons. There's not a ton of items. Oh, well, and it's funny. It doesn't show it, but there's also there's also the runes that you pick up. Yeah. Um, probably somewhere else on this wiki. And then of course a, uh, or keys, there's yeah. silver keys and gold keys basically. And those are basically just like the, um, like the different color coded cards, like that you pick up in doom. Well, and I did appreciate that the different worlds or different tile sets they were using for the worlds had different types of keys. So like when yeah. you're in the military base, you collect key cards. When you're, I don't know, in some of the worked worlds, you or the other worlds, you will be collecting keys. And then there's also rune keys, which uh, I don't, I don't remember why, what or what the difference was. But basically, there's a silver key or a gold key, and yeah, that's how they handled routing through the levels. <laughs> yes, yeah. so yeah, and I think later in the game. I think I think it was even flipped where like the silver area was what you accessed last yeah. to get to the end of the level. Just to where throw I you think, off. <laughs> yeah, I think that level is the only one yeah. where you exit after using your silver key second. Yeah. Yeah, that was a interesting twist. Yeah, because I'm like, wait a second. How was how am I able to use my gold key? I don't even have the silver key yet. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, so those those are those guys. Do we have enemies next? I think so. Ooh. Yeah. All right. This this is the meat and potatoes. I've been really looking forward to enemies. Yeah. Do you do you want to run through what some of the enemies are here? Sure. Yeah, we've got the grunt, the rottweiler, the ogre. Scrag, Knight, Fiend, Zombie, Shambler, Enforcer, Death Knight, The Rotfish, Vor, and Spawn. We'll talk about bosses in a second too. So, 
Yeah. So, so the fiend is the one that I was talking about that just like chased me forever. Yeah. And oh, wouldn't okay. stop. Yeah. Those yeah. guys, they once once they get a smell for blood, <laughs> yeah, they will not let you go until they're dead or you're dead. Well, something I realized about the fiends and you know, going back to the half-life, they're kind of like head crabs, but on steroids. Like so I would say visually, they almost look like the bull squids oh. from Half-Life. Okay. But they jump and act like uh, head crabs on steroids. Yeah. <laughs> like they're they're crazy fast. Yeah. They do so much damage. Yeah. Um, that that is where you need to start playing circle strafe the game is to yeah. get away from the fiends. Like, yeah. like I mean, you you do need to do it with some of the other enemies, but like with some of the other enemies, you can just kind of strafe like left and right, back and forth to avoid whatever they're throwing at you. Mm-hmm. The fiends like are like up in your face. Like yeah. they, they, yeah, they just want to, they want to get close and they want to say hi. They want to hug. Yeah, they just want to hug you to death. <laughs> I did have, like have a lot of fun though, like running backwards and chucking grenade launcher grenades, like yeah, at them. So and just killing I, them in the midair. Yeah, you know? I hit a lot of them midair with a rocket launcher. <laughs> so good. And I Rottweiler. I'm gonna call out. That was probably my least favorite because I didn't like having to shoot dogs. I didn't like it. So, <laughs> well, yeah. They might be zombified or yeah, or, they do look zombified or, uh, you know, but I just didn't, it made me sad that when every time I had to shoot one, but yeah, I mean, I'd say out of all of the enemies, the only enemies that I think I saw less than the Rottweiler was the Rotfish. Yeah, that was, you know, at first there's a lot of water areas that are just like totally safe. Like the water is safe, but I think yeah. the Rotfish was added just to, just to mess with you like nope it's dangerous in the water too so like yeah you can't jump in the water to escape the crap that is trying to kill you now the water is trying to kill you and a lot of the enemies like the fiends don't seem to mind water they will just (laughs) nope fly through the water just like they do on land or water physics a (laughs) hundred percent they yeah i i had one in it was probably what I don't know. One of the levels that we've already talked about in the like episode four, where like they just kept like no, what was it? He was like he was across the way, and I'm like whatever. I'm gonna stand here. You can't reach me. And it was true. He couldn't. But he jumped and he still got down into the water. And I was like, ha ha hi, you're probably dead. And then <laughs> I ended up having to go down to the water a second ago, or like, you know, a second later. And I had already killed all the rotfish. And then I was like, wait, what am I getting it? Oh my God, it's still attacking me. And it is unaffected by the water. It's leaping at me as if there is no water <laughs> going just as fast. Yeah. So, yeah. So yeah, watch out. Watch out for those fiends. Yeah. In the water. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they do, uh, yeah, they do, they do real, real well in the water. <laughs> the, the zombies, I gotta say, th- those are really irritating. I, I don't know that they, they might've been one of my favorites because I really like how you can't 
kill them with any conventional weapon like the nail gun or the no, or you got to blow them up. You got to blow them up, and or if you had like quad damage and you shoot them with a shotgun, they do blow up. But oh, okay, <laughs> but if uh, I you know I I really liked that idea because the the problem is you could shoot them, but they'll just fall down for a little while and then they'll yeah. get back up. So using the grenade launcher, the rocket launcher, I thought was a cool idea that it, it seems like a simple enemy, but you need to use the high powered weapon just to yeah. put them down. Yeah. Like I didn't realize that at first when I was like taking them down with a shotgun and I'm like, why won't you die? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then finally switched to the grenade launcher, took my like half of my own health, but then blew them up and was like, oh, okay, this is how you do it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I I promised the little rock, paper, scissors things. Now, most it seems like the nail gun is pretty much effective on everything for for one. Yeah. But I I did notice certain enemies like the knight uh, really took a lot of shotgun shells to bring down. Oh, yeah. I guess I, I should say rather the death knight specifically. The knights will go down in a few double barrel shotgun shots, but that's the, true. Yeah, the, the de- death knights. <laughs> yeah, man, you really had to unload on them. Yeah, like we're talking like twelve or fifteen like shots to bring yeah. them down a lot. And it's 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 obscene. <laughs> like you yeah. really you really got to put a lot into it. Yes, and uh, I mean same with those shamblers. Yeah, <laughs> but they're yeah. like they're like <sighs> lightning bolt, lightning bolt. <laughs> they're casting at you. Um, yeah it's it's not and it just absolutely melts you just like the lightning gun yeah. right so it yeah i think uh i think i might have been jumping to water when i got hit with it too because i know that there was a time that i was like running away from a shambler that i just died immediately <laughs> um yeah it was probably him trying to shoot me as soon as i was trying to jump away from him in the water i do love that like electricity and water don't mix kids <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah, agree. And really drive that home. <laughs> I wanted to give the Scrags just a, a, a quick shout out. These things are real weird. Um, they they kind of just look like like a snake human, but with yeah, no arms. A torso <laughs> snake boy, and it flies through the air and spits stuff at you. I don't know. I just again, I thought every weapon worked pretty well against them, though. Specifically, the the normal shotgun, like the pump shotgun. I thought worked a little bit better because the double barrel shotgun just seemed to like miss a lot of the shots because they're kind of a narrow enemy. So I kind of opted. And since the the single barrel shotgun, the pump just kind of, it shoots twice as fast. I I figured that that was sort of the best weapon to take them out besides the rocket launcher. Of course, one, one rocket gone. Yeah. Those are the enemies that it's like really annoying that if you already have your grenade launcher equipped, yeah. Really hard to kill them with a grenade launcher because uh, yeah. they're in the sky. And most of the enemies just seem to have like different weaknesses and, and attack patterns, right? Because like the the ogre, for example, which has like a, a, a chainsaw arm and a, a grenade launcher. Yeah. So you can't just like, you know, kite directly away from it. You have to make sure you're, you know, respect those grenades because if they hit you, they detonate on contact yeah do quite a bit of damage too yeah exactly so that one was probably a lot of the enemies that i had to focus on a lot but if they did get close enough to melee you they also did tons of damage with that chainsaw arm so crazy yeah i mean the the ogres 
at first, you know, when you just see that they're trying to swing a uh, swing a chainsaw at you, you're like, oh, whatever. I'm going to yeah. keep my distance. And then they grenade you in the face. And you're like, <laughs> crap. Okay. Yeah. Well, I really can't do anything that I would think that I would automatically do to counteract this this enemy. Um, and they're they're a lot more, you know, they they're they're pretty common, but and they're a lot more dangerous than I would have expected them to be yes. at first, especially for how common they are. Yeah. I, I thought the most deadly though was was probably the vor, those ones which are just these like spider ladies that shoot yeah. these homing mines at you, which Oh, and the homing mines are so irritating. Yeah, because they will follow you around corners. You like literally have to be behind cover to dodge them because they will fly almost direct path and then, you know, periodically stop and change direction to try and get at you. I think, I think they still keep following you even after you kill the boar. Yeah. So, yes, that's true. And so pretty much I saved all my, my, you know, Thunderbolt ammo just for the Shambler and the Vor. Yeah, that's a good call. Because those just would, you know, but of course, when you run out of nail gun ammo, it just sort of, or rockets, it'll just switch to the next weapon. And (laughs) then you're shooting with the weapon you're trying to save. So that was kind of irritating. Yeah, that that was one of the, like, especially if you're just like holding, holding the mouse button down to fire. And it's like, and now you just burn through a half of the uh what is it? I can't remember. I keep just, I keep wanting to call it the lightning gun. Yeah, the thunderbolt. The thunderbolt, thank you. Yeah. Uh lastly, the most annoying, which is sort Ugh. of a, the yeah, released towards the end of the game, the spawn, they're they're just these little purple blobs. And they're not so bad if you get the drop on them and you can shoot them with the shotgun quickly. But if yeah. you allow them to hop around, oh my god, they will bounce over around the level like a super ball, continuously hitting you for small amounts of damage. But if you happen to shoot it and it it's close to you, it explodes for massive damage. <laughs> and yeah, those things are super irritating. The maze of pain, sure enough, there's a room full of these things. Yep. And that's where I decided I just have to press the switches and run. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they they aren't as persistent as following or like following you as the fiend is. So yeah. thankfully, you kind of can run away from them. But yeah, like that you do get introduced to them pretty late in the game. Yeah. Yeah, exactly which I was impressed that they were still, you know, there's not a, a ton of enemies, you know, like in this game, like there's a good amount. I'm trying to think like, you know, another game I drew comparison to was, was Turok, right? I was reminded of Turok when I was like, Oh, no wonder comparisons were made, but I feel like there was a lot more enemies in Turok though. A lot more. Yeah, I don't recall just if you add all the dinosaurs and then plus the, you know, the Humvee dinos with guns. Yes. T-Rex. Yeah. All that stuff. Um, That's, that's all I had. I mean, that's everything I wanted to say about the enemies, but did you want to talk about the bosses, the two main bosses of the game? Yeah. Uh, That, that first one I thought was really fun where like it did, it did remind me of the way that you kind of have to kill one of the the bosses in Half Life. Yep. Uh, in that missile silo with the three headed 
weird snaky beaked monster type thingy. Yes. Um, whose name I can't remember. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One of my favorite games, but um, yeah, you just have to hit the button so that you keep having it like zapped by lightning basically. Cause I think, I think if you shoot it, like the, the enemy itself, it doesn't really matter. You just, you need to kill it with the environment basically. Uh, yeah. And I, I, I originally started just shooting that thing with rockets. Cause I assumed that that's the kind of game that this was, but it, um, it, it really, I, I noticed, okay, there are switches and they are lowering these sort of like poles that if you press a certain switch, they like electrocute like anyway. So I, I, I sort of figured it out quickly without wasting too much ammo. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm sure I was also, you know, shooting at it straight away, but it did, I don't know. It did, it, it didn't make it too hard to figure out what you actually ended up having to do, which is nice. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought, you know, the majority of the game, I think guides you pretty well. So, all right. So then we got the final boss, uh, Shub Nagurath. Uh, if that's the correct pronunciation, I'm not quite sure, yeah. but I didn't know what to do to kill this boss at first, but you at first you don't get greeted with the boss. You get greeted with like, well, first you're, you're like, this is, this is great. And then you're like, oh no, this is a bad sign. Cause it's like, here's a bunch of health. Here's every gun. Here's all the ammo you could ever possibly need. And you're like, Hey, it's stalking me. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's at first, you know, okay. Yeah. You get greeted with a bunch of like the worst enemies, like probably three or four of, of the shamblers and, and, and vores that are dropping vores, down. Yeah. Ah. It was, it was nasty. And, you know, I'll, I'm going to be first to admit, I did use a cheat to make it through this level because I was oh, just so like, I. I was like, I'm done. I can't like, I, yeah. I have 15 minutes before. It's, it's, like, it's throwing you through the gauntlet, man. Yeah. And I was like, I can't, you know, um, pound my head against the wall. SB trying cheats to one God. So <laughs> so what's what's interesting is I guess there's this isn't introduced to you at any other point in the game, but there's um, basically this thing looks like a tree, like a, some sort of weird demonic tree, and there's a spiked orb that's sort of flowing around, but also like phasing into this thing. Does that spiked orb show up anywhere else in the game? No, no, not not that I recall. And there's a warp, and I guess what the warp does is it teleports you wherever that spiked orb is oh that's what it was doing yeah so okay that at least that's that's my impression and then so like the video that i watched they just waited for the spiked orb to go in into the boss yep and then they teleported into it and then that that's basically that's the end game um the you know the ranger character fights his way out from the inside and just destroys it so which i I think is a pretty cool idea i don't think it was very intuitive no not at all but i think it was i was shooting at that spiked orb like i i did you find the secret um and get quad damage no i no, i didn't find the secret Oh yeah, there is a secret in that level and uh-huh. it's right by that teleport. So instead of walking through the teleport, you look down to the right and just drop right now and there's a little ledge 
Uh-huh. And then you run along this little ledge, go into a secret room that has quad damage and then another portal. And then it drops you back out right in front of the portal that you take to go into that little spiked orb thing and then kill the boss. Okay. But I so, don't know what the point of the quad damage is at this point because I didn't find all of that until I had killed every single enemy. So something I learned just so we can save face here, I think we made a mistake. Uh, just reading the wiki, it actually says that it has 4,000 hit points. And Okay, so I did fire at it a bunch. Yeah. And I, I wasted literally all of my ammo. And but, I was like, hey, yeah. is this done? <laughs> and it says that it can only be damaged via telefrag. So the telefrag, from what I'm gathering here, is the act of taking a portal and basically spawning at the end of the portal, which will actually blow up other enemies in the game. So if there's an enemy standing on a warp and you teleport in, they will blow up. Oh, okay. So it's not, then it's not deathmatch. Yeah. So (laughs) that is what telefrag means. (laughs) All right. All right. So that's, uh, I learned something today and I guess, now, uh, you know what? I learned something today. <laughs> the way I that learned... every South Park episode used to end. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's Telefrag for you, kids. There you go. Learn something new every day. Um, yeah, so you Telefrag the boss. Yep. And that's exactly. it. You, that's you it. saved humanity, apparently, until the next couple episodes of the game where I'm sure you're going back and doing the same stuff in the expansion. Yeah. Saving the world yet again. Uh, speaking of the expansions, do you see yourself playing the expansions at, at any point? Possibly. Yeah. I, I do have more curiosity about Quake 2 now. Yes. Um, I know that I've played the Quake 2 demo, not just the RTX demo, but like I played the Quake 2 demo back in the day, you know, from PC Gamer Magazine or something. I'm sure there was a demo on a disc that I got. Yeah, totally. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I've, I've definitely played the, the demo of that. But that's all I've ever played is the Quake 2 demo. So this might, this might take me into playing through Quake 2. Yeah, I, I think, um, yeah, I, I think I definitely will at some point. I might take a break. Maybe I'll save that for next Halloween or something. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm not, I'm not going into it right away, but yeah. I definitely want to want to check it out. I think, and I'm, I'm sad that we didn't check out uh cooperative on this because there is a cooperative mode. Oh, really? Yeah. Shoot. Okay. I didn't, I didn't realize that. I, yeah. And so I know I already said it, but uh, I played a little bit of Deathmatch match oh. um, for this game as well. And there's not a ton of people playing it online but there are people playing it online. That's that's the important part. <laughs> yeah. So it it didn't take very long for me to to find a populated multiplayer server. Um at first there wasn't one for me to join like there was literally a server and it was full oh. with all eight people. So I started my own and uh had a few folks join and then they left quickly for some reason. <laughs> um so then I joined a couple others and like had a good time. Like it, I don't know. It goes straight for that rocket launcher, man. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's, that's what I, that's what I gravitate to. Just get that rocket launcher in my hands. 
<laughs> and uh, either kill them or kill myself. Who knows? But yeah, the multiplayer is fun. And uh, I think the game, I think the, I think the remastered version of Quake is only 10 bucks. Yeah. So, you know, if the sounds appealing, it's not, d- doesn't, doesn't hurt the wallet that much. Um, it's also on game pass. That's the way that I played it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's good. Yeah. I really wanted to play on PC though. I, I could have gotten my, you know, Xbox and it might've supported mouse and keyboards, you know, uh, it, it very well could have, but I, uh, Oh, it does. Remember we, we talked about it last episode. They added mouse and keyboard support, even in the Nintendo switch version. Yep. There you go. That's that, that rings a bell talking about the Nintendo switch. I remember that. Um, so yeah, I was going to do that, but for whatever reason, I just like decided to pick it up on steam. So, uh, so that I could play on Linux. Well, support the developer, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Support the developer. (laughs) It's not a total loss. Well, anything else about Quake before we go back to the future? Uh, I don't think so. I think that, you know, I, fun game. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, it is fun. I definitely, uh, definitely recommend it. If you, if you got a hankering to play, uh, an old school FPS. This is definitely a great old school FPS to to give a shot. And it definitely gave me that feeling that I, I call this like the doom effect where it's like, you're, you're very, um, you, you sort of, it's a high adrenaline, just sort of like running around, like shooting things quickly, just like the opposite of a chill game basically. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. It's super hectic and fast paced. Like I, I think part of the reason that I didn't complete this already is that I can only play this game in like bite-sized chunks because yes. it's freaking intense. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it's a lot of fun. Yeah. I think after I finish every world or every couple levels, at least at first too, I'd be like, I have to stand up. Like I can't yeah. have to just I walk away. Take a small break at least. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. All right. Well, uh, why don't we get back in that time machine? And we have arrived back to present day, which again, I'm going to keep saying it's the past for you, listener. It is November the 4th, 2021, and we are back to talk about the games that we've been playing. And I've been playing a lot of stuff. (laughs) I see that. Game Pass. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of these are just like a little taste of stuff here and there. But to burn through this one real quick, Rock Band 4 got a new season. Still playing this game, still getting better, still having a lot of fun, still drumming away. Also, let's see. I won't talk about that one cuz we both played that. So Back for Blood, I've still been playing that. Um I think I played it in the first week of these two weeks since the last show. Haven't played it really at all. I think this week because I've been playing other things, but still really enjoying back for blood and uh, potentially going to be playing some more of that tomorrow. Super fun zombie left for dead type game. Again, you know, if you didn't hear me talking about it previously, it's a great time. Excuse me. Uh, especially if you have game pass, totally worth checking it out. Um, but even if you don't, a lot of fun if you like the left for dead style game um also started playing a game called echo generation on game pass and echo generation it's it's kind of like 
Stranger Things meets Earthbound with voxel style graphics. And I like I've like I've beat the first boss in the game and I'm not much further after that, but it's it the gameplay mechanics are a lot like I guess the Super Mario RPG type games where there's like timed attacks and like certain prompts that you have to watch to hit a button at the right time so that you do more damage. Um, it's also that way in um, at least one of, if not both of the South Park RPGs from Ubi- uh, Ubisoft, which those games are great. Um, so yeah, it's it's pretty good so far. I, I definitely want to check out more and see kind of how it goes because it it seems like it's the right it's the right level of involvement for me for an rpg and then i guess the last thing i'll just mention uh before letting you talk a bit is a game also on game pass that i've played on pc called the procession to to calvary um wait is it cavalry or calvary now i don't remember if i made a typo or not anyway (laughs) It's uh, it's really interesting. It's a point-and-click adventure game. And if you've ever seen Monty Python's Flying Circus, like the intro and how that's all animated, that's what this game looks like. Oh. This game is ridiculous. Like, it, it's, it's Monty Python-style humor, I would say, in a point-and-click adventure game with that particular type of art style. And... It's really entertaining so far. There, there's certain puzzles that I haven't expected them to to actually work that way, but I've thought like, wait, is it trying to get me to do this silly thing? Yeah. <laughs> and it is, but it's not like something that I would expect normally that like a point and click adventure game would want me to do. So anyway, it's definitely worth checking out uh, if you got Game Pass. Even if you don't, if you just if you're just looking for a humorous modern point and click adventure game. I would say this is that though. There is one weird kind of area where people are just like kind of being tortured and they're screaming and it's kind of (laughs) awful being in that particular section of the game. Um, It's not like it's horribly graphic or anything. It's just like, okay, when can I be away from the screaming people, please? <laughs> Trigger warning, um, I guess. There, so. Yeah, so just like, I just wanted to throw that out there as like, I think that that is weird in case you played this game on my recommendation and you're like, what the hell, Mash? Like, come <laughs> on, warn me. So yeah. anyway, so yeah, that's, that's some of the stuff I've been playing. Uh, what about you? Yeah, so, um, you know, kind of back to my... I sort of mentioned earlier, I was playing uh, Sekiro on stream. So I've made some progress. I've got through some mini bosses and actually a major boss. Uh, the Lady Butterfly was the last one that... So I've kind of figured it out with Sekiro that... it. And I, I guess unless you're really good at the game, I don't know. I just don't see the way the difficulty is curved. It's kind of like trial and error over and over and over again until you succeed. I just, I thought that some people were just naturally better at the game and they just kind of, you know, made their way through the bosses just because, but really, if you are persistent, you will prevail. It just, 
takes practice until you, you have to sort of demonstrate some sort of mastery over the boss. And I probably talked about this last week, but um, that's just something that's just sort of getting like impact pounded in my head is that the first time you fight a boss, you're like, that is impossible. <laughs> I will never beat this person. Yeah. And then about 50 tries later, you're kind of like, all right, I can see it. I can see I'm, I was close that time, or at least I made a breakthrough. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, and there are some bosses that I've heard other people talk about and they're like, yeah, I beat him first try. I'm like, what? <laughs> really? But, you know, others, they said oh, that was the hardest boss in the game for them. But I was like, oh, I didn't think they were that bad. I thought it was, it was fine. So it's kind of interesting how that all works. But anyway, still playing Sekiro. Maybe one day I'll be here and I can say that I finished this game. But uh, <laughs> the way it goes, I just like, I I don't think I can guarantee that on any level. <laughs> so. Well, I, you're making good progress. Yeah, we're we're getting there. We're getting there. I feel like I've been playing it for like a year now, but <laughs> it only made it 30% of the way through the game. But anyway, and then same old Stardew Valley still there, still having fun with it. And it's still to my surprise after every stream, I'm kind of like, I kind of want to play more. <laughs> I want to keep going. <laughs> so that's also fun for a game that, you know, just, I don't know if it's just because they added updates to the game. There's still more content coming out for it and new items and interactions and all this stuff. I, I don't, I don't know. I, I, it's just something about it. It's, it's like an old game you used to love that I'm finding a way to love again. So right on. Uh, so yeah, those, um, and then I also wanted to just shout out, okay, we, we both been playing some deep rock galactic also. So that was the yeah, one. Yeah. We played some of that, uh, some of the Halloween content. Yeah. So now I'm a little fuzzy on remembering exactly what that content, I mean, there's new. Uh, yeah. Cosmetic it was, items. Yeah. Okay. And there's like a specific level or yeah. like a specific mission set that there's some reward that I didn't end up playing it enough to get it. Oh um, yes. But I did have fun with my like uh, devil mask on as yes. we were running around playing. That was cool. Uh, pumpkin head, yes. Yeah. And there uh, also there are pumpkins in the map. There are jack o' lanterns. You know, if uh, on the on the different maps, like if you shot them, the little uh, glyphids would pop out. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. So those were there. That was a ni- nice Halloweeny surprise there. Yeah. So yeah, that that was that was the game. Uh, that I was that I skipped over earlier. Yeah. Um. So I think you would like this next game. Okay. Moonglow Bay. Oh. This is that also voxel art game that takes place in Canada in the eighties, <laughs> and you're fishing. You're fishing. <laughs> you're also then playing. A mini game that's kind of like Overcooked. And you then prepare that stuff and you're you're trying to like create your own little restaurant, basically. I'm not very far in the game. I did actually try to play this uh, via xCloud streaming with Game Pass. Yeah. And there's some timed elements that were a little bit frustrating trying to do it with streaming. So I want to play it on PC, you know, play it in Windows just to 
get a better feel for it, but that's why I haven't gone back to it yet. Well, that, and also I've played way too many other things. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a, it's a fun fishing mechanic and then you cook it, you cook everything up and there's also a story. So it's great. And there's a little, there's little voxel dogs in the trailer. I love them. (laughs) They're so cute. So I I think, I think you would enjoy this. Yeah. Um, you know, with your affinity for Stardew Valley and Overcooked, um, I think, I think this, I think this would be a good one. So yeah, I played a little bit of that, and then I played all of Katamari Damacy Reroll. Oh, for the first time, I wow. beat it like in a day because it doesn't take that long. It's not super complicated, and it's really fun. Like it, it feels like such a good like zone out kind of mindfulness type of game. Um, it's like, oh, just keep rolling around. Just keep rolling things up. Oh, now it's way, now it's 10 meters. Now it's 20 meters. Now I'm rolling up the whole freaking skyscrapers, like, like everything. So yeah. So I'd only ever played a little bit of Katamari Damacy on the PlayStation 2 at a friend's house a long time ago. And Katamari Damacy Reroll is on Game Pass. Um, and I was watching a streamer play it, uh, a streamer by the name of Retro Death Row uh, that I just started watching uh, somewhat recently. And I was like, man, that looks like a lot of fun. So I decided to download it and fire it up and uh, had a great time. I strongly recommend checking out Katamari Damacy if you've not played it. Also, I've been playing some Animal Crossing. I was getting ready for the 2.0 update that drops tomorrow, except it dropped last night. Oh, they they shadow dropped it early. Um, so I downloaded the update and then played a little bit last night and uh, haven't hardly done any of the new stuff, but I did get to go sailing with Cap'n again. Ooh, it was great. Nice. He was serenading me. Like I, <laughs> I missed I missed that guy. Yeah, me too. Um, so yeah, there's that. And then um, I need to figure out where I can go buy stuff to grow vegetables. Like I've already done stuff where I've gotten the recipes to be able to cook now. I talked to Blathers and he told me that I need to go find Brewster and I found Brewster, but he didn't want to come back with me yet. So there's, there's something that you got to do to lure him back to your Island so that he opens up his coffee shop. Do you have to pay Uh, Nintendo money to, (laughs) I don't think so. It's part of of the free update. Okay. Okay. Uh, The paid update drops tomorrow um, on the 5th of November. So close anyway. Yeah. Um, so yeah, been been playing a little bit of Animal Crossing. Um, I did all the Halloween content. I went around and did the trick-or-treating stuff and I got the the jack head, like the jack-o'-lantern head and the uh his, I don't know, his robes. Got to go around scaring my villagers and giving me their candy so that I could then give it to Jack. So then he'd give me something else or like the village. I don't know. Anyway, I ended up getting all of the stuff. So now next Halloween, I'm going to be ready because I can make all of the Halloween items in Animal Crossing finally. Nice. Um, so yeah, there's that. <laughs> I'm playing some Pokemon Go still. I know that I didn't, I realized I didn't mention it last episode, uh, but I've st- I was still was playing it. I've still been playing it pretty much at least a little bit a day. Oh, that's cool. Um, 
Yeah. And it's, it's still been a fun thing to talk about with my partner where like we're taking screenshots on our phone. We're like, Oh my God, I caught this Pokemon today. I've never seen this one. So yeah, Pokemon go has still been a lot of fun. I got a, Oh, I got a shiny Magnemite yesterday. I think it's like, I think it's my first shiny, but that's, also playing age of empires four. Cause that's out now. <laughs> <laughs> that's a thing. Yeah. Uh, it's on game pass. I'm playing that on PC and uh, holy crap. It's so good. Yeah. Um, I'm playing through the campaign and I'm not very far in the game. I'm probably, I'm probably like, I don't know. Well, I say not very far, probably like two, three hours into the game right now in age of empires. And that's not very far in a RTS. <laughs> yeah. Cause what is that? Like two levels. Right. So yeah, like basically, <laughs> but it's, it's been really cool. Like I've been really enjoying like some of the story. It's not even story. It's like, it's telling you a history about these battles that you're reenacting oh. and like learning about these various, like freaking idiotic Kings of, of like, the year 1000 something like squabbling over whatever they're squabbling over when they're related. Like most of the time it's like, Hey brother, no, it's, I'm supposed to be the King. And he's like, no, screw you. I'm supposed to be the King. And then they kill each other. And then some other random, random person in their family becomes the King. And then somebody from far away is like, look at those idiots. I'm going to go kill them and I'm going to be the King like that's some family drama right there <laughs> yeah <laughs> so anyway so it's fun it controls controls well looks good um if you like age of empires 2 at all i'm pretty certain you would like age of empires 4 very very fun game um and then last thing i was like you know what i haven't played a shmup in a while <laughs> and i know that uh mushihima sama is up on um limited run right now so if anyone out there is like oh my god mushihima-sama i didn't know that that was on gotta be on switch for limited run um you can already get it digitally i think for like 15 bucks but yeah i was playing a little bit of that because i'm like man it's been it's been a minute since i played one of these um i am not as good at this as i am uh dodonpachi resurrection but it's made by cave it's fun it's a it's a great bullet hell yeah i've been been all over the place with the games I've been playing in the past two weeks. Thanks game pass. Like honestly, more than 50% of the games I've played because of game pass actually probably like 80% of the games I played because of game pass. <laughs> yeah. I need to take advantage of that a little bit more, uh, you know, so it, as far as the, the last thing I've, I've been playing is, is, is Minecraft. So that was why Minecraft was a little fresh in my mind when I was playing Quake. And I definitely would have played more Minecraft, but I needed to get through that game. So I haven't. Um, there's a Twitch streamer I follow who, um, shout out to Artist Girl. <laughs> and she, uh, she has a realm up for people to cut her, you know, her community come join. So I'm playing on that. That's cool. And yeah, I just, you know, I'm not investing too much time into it because, uh, you know, I don't know how long the realm is going to be up or how long everyone's going to be playing and everything like that. But primarily there's been like a caves update to Minecraft and the caves, like the cave systems, like before seems like they were, all these like fractions of caves that didn't like quite connect all the time. Yeah. 
Well, now they feel like they all connect into like just one giant system. So I've been doing a lot of exploring and just like searching for iron and coal for hours at a time. And there's something just very satisfying about that. It is very Zen. You just sort of like get in the zone and, you know, you're looking out for monsters and doing these little micro problem solvings of like, okay, how do I dissipate this lava so that I can collect that iron that is just out of reach or something like that. So, so yeah, I've just been doing that. I haven't nothing crazy in the projects. That's just, just Minecraft, but yeah, that one I have not been able to play on Linux. So that also might be a reason <laughs> as of late that I've had. <laughs> yeah. Because we're playing bedrock Java absolutely works on Linux. So um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess the, that's, that's everything we've been playing. I played one or two things. Um, anything, anything else you want to talk about before we get the heck out of here? No, hopefully I'll play uh, more things next time. Well, but... you were, you were playing set up Streamlabs in Linux. Yeah. That's all. Also... Sorry, not Streamlabs. It's OBS. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's where I was. Yeah, you were you were playing install Linux and configure everything. Yeah. So that's that's the the meta game. <laughs> yeah, that was the game that took up most of the time. Yeah, that's true. All right. Well, I guess I guess we're gonna leave. Uh, before we do that, we should tell people what we're playing next, and uh, that I've decided is gonna be Twisted Metal for the Sony PlayStation. That game is one of the games that I was like, man, I got to get a PlayStation. What's funny is I don't actually own the game on my PlayStation, uh, but I do know that it's available um, as one of the PS1 classics for the PlayStation 3 and PlayStation Vita. Thankfully, that store did not close like it was supposed to, so I'll be able to pick that up. Yeah. Um, And I'm pretty sure it's on the PlayStation Classic as well. Yeah. So yeah, looking forward to uh, some Twisted Metal. It's been a long time since I've tried to play uh, the original Twisted Metal. Is it new to you? No, I do remember playing this and beating it as a as a as a kid. But it has been a okay. long time, and I think there's a lot that I could um, uh, revisit and appreciate. Nice. All right. Well, everybody. Thanks so much for listening to the show. We know there are a lot of podcast options out there, and we appreciate you taking the time to put our words in your ears. It really does mean a lot. You can also check out our website at www.retrogametimemachine.com, and you can subscribe to this podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Overcast, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Radio Public, and Good Pods. Uh, also, you can join our Discord. Please come and join us next time when we talk about Twisted Metal for the Sony PlayStation. Goodbye for now. See ya.